Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All righty, everyone. One and done again. Welcome, everyone, to <laughs> Southside Beat. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, who who saw this coming, huh? Um, yeah. Um, Chris Halleck here. Uh, starting off today's show, uh, just kind of at a loss for words. Um, uh, Mike in Texas, <laughs> what is the what is this the Ramon Foster show? Southside beat never starts late. Ah, eh, well, uh, at least we showed up. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, no, it's uh, just a couple minutes. It's no big deal. Um, but yeah, uh, Corey not here today. Uh, DK and Corey are actually. Uh, I think they're almost back in Pittsburgh. I think they were traveling back today. And uh, so Corey, uh, not able to join us today. Uh, we will definitely be um, talking tomorrow, uh, hopefully. Um, obviously, we haven't seen like a media schedule of whenever Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin will talk, uh, address the media for his postseason uh, press conference as he normally does. Um, and so uh, and I'm sure Mike Tomlin's going to be a, a topic of conversation today. So. Uh, we'll get into that, but um, oh yeah, Mike in Texas. There you go, you got it. Southside beat showed up. Unlike the defense, yeah, defense was not good. Uh, Robert asked, "Where's Corey?" Like uh, traveling, uh, coming back from uh, from the Buffalo area. Um, I think they got a little bit of a late start today. I, I honestly don't don't know their their schedule, uh, what they were doing today, but uh, um, I, I just know that like Corey's not not available, uh, so. Um, it's not that he didn't want to be on the show or anything like that. I, I really do think it's just logistics. So, um, <clears throat> but it's a Tuesday Southside beat. We're going to talk, we're going to talk some Steelers football. There's obviously a lot to break down from the game. Um, the game itself, Steelers lose 31, 17. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was not a pretty game. Um, I, uh, just my initial takeaways from it. I'm going to have more in my chalk talk piece that comes out. Uh, it'll be it'll definitely be up uh, tomorrow. Um, I'm going to finish it today. 
um, and it'll be up either late tonight or first thing in the morning, something like that. It should be up by the time you wake up in the morning. But uh, and Matt Hyde says turnovers. Turnovers were obviously a big a big factor in that. Um, you know, the lack of takeaways. Um, uh, the lack of takeaways definitely uh, plays a role in that as well. Uh, you know, we talk about Josh Allen who threw 18 interceptions and he didn't even look like a guy who was going to turn the ball over. Um, but that's honestly what happens when you talk about Josh Allen. Um, he can have the games in which he really steps up and he looks like the best quarterback in the league. And that's exactly what happened. Um, Steelers defense wasn't great. Uh, but I think really what we, um, I think really what what the Bills exposed, um, I think what the Bills really exposed was the the weaknesses of the Steelers defense that that had been there all along, and other teams weren't really able to completely make the Steelers pay for um, the the weaknesses at inside linebacker. Now the Bills have a great strength to go against that with two very quality tight ends and Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox. Warned you about both of those guys, especially Kincaid, um, you know, before the game. And listen, Corey and I got a lot of got a, got a lot of flack from from several people on this show about us sounding like we were praising the Bills and stuff like that. I'm telling you, like they're they're a good football team, and they had been not only a good football team, they had been playing their best brand of football over the past five weeks. And as good as the Steelers had looked over those three weeks, the Bills. Again, what's better than a three-game winning streak? Well, a five-game winning streak. And they um, they were running the ball effectively. And again, if Josh Allen's at the top of his game, um, <laughs> if Josh Allen's at the top of his game, that just goes to show you. And really what my – my because there's going to be questions about Tomlin. There's going to be questions about Mason Rudolph, about Kenny Pickett. There's going to be a lot of questions. And I think what you get – I think one kind of take – like simple takeaway that I can take from the game or one, one simple takeaway is you see the difference between superstar quarterback play and competent quarterback play. I have very little to complain about when it came, when it came to the way Mason Rudolph played last night, um, made some mistakes, had some throws. He definitely wanted back. I was not a fan of the throw, uh, um, uh, of the decision and the throw on the interception. Um, not only because it resulted in like no points, you know, when you throw a pick in the end zone, but I didn't like the decision. He was really, really covered up. Um, but if you are going to throw that ball, as Rudolph said after the game, it's us or nobody. It's either only Deontay's ball or nobody's ball. That's either a, 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 and pretty much where that throw has to be. And I saw a lot of people saying, well, Deontay didn't come back hard enough. That is not on Deontay to come back hard enough. It is on the quarterback to put that ball in a place where only Deontay can get it, and he threw it on his inside hip, and that's exactly where the where the cornerback was. So, it was not a good throw. I I I put I put that one on Mason. But other than that, Mason was competent. He wasn't overly special, um, but he also wasn't the reason why they lost and the reason why the offense only put up seventeen points. Superstar quarterback. Now, now Darren brings up a, a point here, and this is a completely separate issue. Superstar quarterbacks get higher protection from impartial people on the field. There were some calls that went the Bills' way. I am not going to debate you on that. I abs. I said it in the live file uh, yesterday. Um, 
absolutely some calls went the Bills' way. The whole, did he fake slide? Did he not fake slide? It looked like he was trying to do something or other that didn't look like a juke. That looked like I'm about to slow down and start to slide. He even kind of put the ball up a little bit um, like, like, you know, like quarterbacks typically do when they go for a slide. But, um, and then obviously, you know, later on, you know, um, you know, Miles Jack gets hit with the, with the, with the roughing call. Um, <laughs> that's just, I, I hated that. I hated that, 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 fl- that flag so much. I, I really, really hated it. Um, and so, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was bad. Sorry, somebody's spamming my phone and it's coming across on a notification. It got me, got me all, all, all flustered and distracted. Um, so, um, just a quick FYI for everybody. Uh, I actually just got a text from Corey. Um, DK and Ramon are going live at five today, five o'clock Eastern. So, um, yeah, just to, uh, just to, to throw that out there so that you guys know, uh, five o'clock Eastern time, DK and Ramon, they'll be talking. I'm sure Ramon is going to have, uh, DK, he, you know, him and Corey went live from the stadium last night. Uh, I'm sure DK will have more, uh, as he's kind of, you know, 24 hours later, but I'm sure Ramon, uh, is going to have plenty of, uh, plenty of, uh, thoughts on the game. Um, yeah, it just, uh, I think you just kind of see when you see the way Josh Allen played outside of the way he was protected by, um, by the officials, you know, it came to, you know, the, the one where he did slide and Jack, you know, couldn't let up in time outside of that stuff. You saw some plays that Josh Allen made that nobody else in this league can, can make. Uh, it was the same thing uh, whenever Ben Roethlisberger used to play. And when, when he was in his prime, he was one of those quarterbacks, um, you know, that only Ben Roethlisberger can made that play. And then there's other plays. Only Peyton Manning could have made that read and that throw or only, you know, and they're, they're just, there are those types of quarterbacks that have played over the course of this league, uh, over the history of this league. And, you know, nothing against Mason Rudolph, but he's not one of those quarterbacks. Could he be a late bloomer and turn into a really, you know, could turn into a, a, a good quarterback? Sure. He can. Uh, I think he showed everybody uh, a lot in, in the four weeks that he that he was uh, the starter. Um, but is he going to be one of the top, you know, five quarterbacks in this league, or at least you know, debatable, you know, top five quarterbacks? I, I don't I don't think so. Um, and I think uh, and Chris G, you know, kind of says it here. Oh wait, sorry, wrong comment. Uh, Chris G says you need an elite quarterback to to be successful. Uh, yeah. And yes, there are exceptions. I mean, but over, over the, even over the course of, you know, you look at each team that's won the Super Bowl. you know, a lot of the times, whenever you look at the team that won the Super Bowl, their quarterback was pretty darn good. You know, very rarely, you know, do you have the Trent Dilfers and Joe Flacco's of the world winning, winning a Super Bowl, you know, uh, no, no shot at the Ravens there. Those just the first two that come, come to mind. Um, you know, you don't get a lot of those guys, um, you know, that that end up winning winning a Super Bowl uh, that just, you know, weren't that all that great at quarterback. Usually the quarterback is a big reason why. And as the league has turned more into an offensive league and into more of a passing league, that makes it even more important to have one of those quarterbacks. And I, and I think that's why going into the offseason, quarterback has to be a huge discussion. 
<laughs> Mark Cunningham brings up Brad Johnson. There's another one. Um, quarterback has to be a huge discussion here because if, if you don't think Kenny's the guy moving forward, not saying you have to give up on him and discard him to somebody else, but still keep him here. Uh, then you got to move on. If Mason, if you can't bring back Mason Rudolph, and even then, I don't think you should just completely sell out and say it's Mason Rudolph or bust. You know, Kirk Cousins will be available in free agency. Could you trade for Justin Fields? Do you think that any of those guys are the right guy to go along? Uh, or, or obviously, you go to the draft. You know, there are several quarterbacks coming out in the draft um, that you could label as your franchise guy now. Steelers have the 20th pick in the first round. You'd have to trade up more than likely to get one of those guys. And so, you know, you, you, you look at where the Steelers are, you know, they're kind of stuck in this spot until they can get some exceptional quarterback play. Now, what, now what's one way that they can kind of get, you know, get, a you know, get away with competent quarterback play and be a, be a, a real contender, um, get a really, really good, innovative offensive coordinator and, just, you know, just so happens that the Steelers need to get an offensive coordinator. So, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, they've, they've got to, they've got to, they've got to get some things, uh, some things really decided there when it comes to the direction they want to go with quarterback. And I think last night was a bit of a microcosm of that. You see what a team with a special quarterback like Josh Allen can do. Um, even whenever, you know, a lot of what the Bills were doing wasn't like overly special. I thought I thought Shakir's touchdown was was pretty impressive. Obviously, uh, Minka needs to make a better tackle there, but the effort given by Shakir, absolutely give him credit for that. Uh, James Cook looks like a good running back. They look like they have, a, they have a really good roster, but Josh Allen, when he gets to that level, helps put them over the top, and that uh, that is what you need in today's NFL. When you when you go into a game in which you have to face the face the Josh Allens and face the Patrick Mahomeses and face the Joe Burrows when healthy, and you're hoping that maybe we'll catch them on a bad day, you can't be doing that. You, you're not going to be successful in this league if you think that you can beat those guys. You know, if you talk about what the Steelers were going to have to do if they were going to. If they were gonna if they were gonna run the table here, they were gonna have to beat Josh Allen on the road, then go and beat Lamar Jackson on the road, then go then go on the road and beat either C.J. Stroud or Patrick Mahomes. And then you're not even talking about who you possibly be facing in the Super Bowl. Just the road to get to the Super Bowl, you're talking about having to face some top tier quarterbacks. You have to have one, all right. And the Steelers really need to try to figure that out. If Kenny's not the guy, you've seen, you've had two years of him. You got to figure that out. Everybody, you know, Ben Good said it's a team game. I, I mean, it's yes, it's a team game, absolutely. But there's no denying the fact here that this is a this is a passing league. This is an offensive league. If you want to, you want proof that it's an offensive league. Look at, look at last night. Look at the favoritism that that the quarterbacks get, that the offense gets. Uh, somebody brought it up here. Chris says the cheap shot on JPJ was classless. I mean, the fact that that's not a penalty, I, I forget block in the back. That's just a, that's just a, you want that is the very definition of unnecessary roughness. That is absolutely unnecessary roughness. And they, the NFL has to do something to outlaw that kind of stuff from the game. They have to. That was completely unnecessary, completely blatant. 
Um, a terribly, a terrible missed call. I don't care what the reason that McGovern's going in for. I don't care if it's to push the pile or to do whatever. I don't care what what his reason was. That should have been a 15 yard penalty. It was a terrible, terrible play. Um, but that's what the NFL wants. The NFL wants there to be more offense. They want there to be more points because points mean ratings. And as the league evolves and as the league continues to become more of a passing league, having a quarterback that can get, can throw the football and read defenses is absolutely necessary and required. If you're going to be competitive, Ben, you can disagree with me and that's fine. I'm just letting you know, like hoping that, that you're, that you're going to be able to win, Without a without a true legitimate quarterback, it's it's uh, it's just it's false hopes, man. I, I, I it's just it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. Uh, Mike in Texas, player safety, especially defensive, means nothing. It's absolutely true. Uh, yeah, they the NFL cares about player safety when it's convenient. They they don't care about player safety the way that they should. Um, yeah. Matt had said uh, McGovern forearm hit Joe in the back of the neck. It looked like uh, I, I didn't look at it closely enough to see exactly what happened. I just know that he got absolutely blindsided in the back. And uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah. Uh, B. Phil says, you want to say Mason is just OK, fine. But Mason uh, over Kenny uh, as a fact. Uh, I mean, I from what I saw, obviously, the, the quarterback play was better with Mason. Uh, I'm not going to deny that. Um, uh, yeah, I just, I, again, I, and again, I'm not saying Mason was just okay. You know, like he made some very, very good throws. Um, he was exceptional, exceptional in certain areas. And then other times I think, I think the absolute floor that we can talk about with Mason Rudolph was he was competent. You know, he made the necessary plays. He made the necessary reads. He read the defense. He he threw the ball. He trusted his reads, and he and he threw the ball where he where he trusted there to be openings. That's competent quarterback play in the at the NFL level. Whenever you see stuff like what Josh Allen did, and I'm talking about like when you when he rolls out to the right and he's doing everything he can to avoid contact and then throws against the grain against his body and throws a dot to Stephon Diggs down the field. You, you can't defend that. that. That's when you go from competent, a competent quarterback play or, or, you know, exceptional quarterback play to uh superb quarterback play franchise changing franchise level quarterback play. That, that is what I'm talking about when it comes to, okay, Mason Rudolph, is he good enough? Yes, but he's good enough. If the rest of the roster and if the system that they play within is perfect. You know what I'm saying? For example, if you, be, uh, I don't know, I, I could keep going down that road. I, I don't want, I, I don't want to keep. I'm just going to kind of move on a little bit because I'm sure um, that I, I haven't been able to see all the comments, obviously, but I'm sure Mike Tomlin has has come up quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Here, here we go. Uh, I become Mark. You know, Mark kind of brings it up about about uh, Tomlin. You know. Zooming away from the from the podium exiting stage left uh, to the <clears throat> to the door whenever he was asked about his uh, contract and and listen, I think it's a fair question. Um, if I'm in that room as a reporter, I'm I've, I've been in that room. I, I've I've been a beat reporter before. 
I'm not asking that question in that setting. Um, I've got respect for what those guys do. Um, and for it, it's kind of reading the room a little bit, you know, he like, they just lost the playoff game. His focus is on the game. And again, if you cover Mike Tomlin long enough to know, he really, when he says he's singular, singularly focused, he truly means it. He's focused on the game. He's not focused on anything else. And so later on, whenever it's the press, the, the, the end of season press conference, absolutely. I'm asking that question. Um, I, I think, uh, I, I, and and somebody else says, you know, I, I think it's a classless. I don't know if it would, I, I wouldn't go that far as to say it was classless. I'm just saying I wouldn't have asked that question in that spot. And I'm not going to sit here and, and criticize the way somebody else does their job. That's not, that's not my position. I've, again, I've, I've been in that room. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to criticize the way somebody else does their job. Um, uh, I, I understand. And, and really let's, let's just, uh, let, let's remember here, and, and, and again, context is everything when it comes to this stuff. In a vacuum, you look at that and you might be like, oh, that's Mike Tomlin, you know, you know, doing his act or whatever. Remember a couple of years ago when Mike Tomlin was asked about the USC rumors and how he might be going to go coach USC and how emphatically he shut that down. And in the middle of that, him shutting in the middle of him shutting that question down, he said, "This will be the last time I talk. I talk talk about this stuff in this setting." And he said, "Not just now, but moving forward." Like that might be him, like flat out remembering. I mean, if you want to think that Mike Tomlin doesn't remember that kind of stuff, he does. If you want to think um, that Mike Tomlin doesn't remember whenever he was asked about the USC job, because and Mike Tomlin took that personally. And if you want to prove that he took that personally. Whenever you know the the press conference ended, he said thank you, and then he said, "Is anybody ask anybody asking Sean Payton about about this kind of stuff? Anybody asking Andy Reid about this kind of stuff?" And he just you know he stormed off. I mean, he took that personally, and I said, "I got the, yeah, I got one of the best jobs in professional sports. I'm the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers." I mean, he took that personally, and he told he told reporters in that setting, "I'm this will be the last time I talk about this stuff," and so he might not want to talk about his contract in that in that in that setting. He might not want to, I'm not defending Mike Tomlin. I'm just saying he might not want to, he might not want to talk about it. And you have all the players right now that are coming to his defense saying that, you know, he should be the coach next year. That I mean, Cam Hayward even said, this is nothing we need to be talking about. Um, when it comes to a a pure football sense, pure like results, sense that's a that's a completely different conversation. Should Mike Tomlin be the coach? Because, now they're they've lost five playoff games in a row. Now they've only they've still you know it's 2024. They've still only won three up three playoff games since their last Super Bowl appearance. Those are the things in which are fair when it comes to bringing up should Mike Tomlin be the coach next year. That's a completely different. Again, that's a completely different story about how he handled a question in a in a in a press conference setting. Again, you have to look at context and to understand like. Maybe he doesn't want to talk about his contract in that setting. Um, so that's pretty much all I've got to say about Mike Tomlin. Uh, I, I, I'm really, really curious to see. Um, uh, really curious to see whenever he, uh, uh, whenever he addresses the media, you know, for his end of season, um, 
when he sees, uh, you know, when he addresses the media in his end of season press conference, sorry, I'm trying to read you guys' comments uh, and also talk at the same time. It's not easy. Um, I'm really curious to see what he says there. I'm really curious to see what Art Rooney says whenever he uh, addresses a handful of reporters. Um, that'll that'll be interesting. Um, you know, I've sat in I sat in that room uh, last year. Uh, again, it's it's only a handful of people. TV's not allowed in there. Anything like that. It's a it's a it's a roundtable discussion with Art Rooney. Um, you get to ask your questions and he answers them. And based off of the answers that he gave last year, they fell, they fell short in a lot of ways. And so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how, how that conversation goes too. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jerry asks, what happened to the deep throws? That's a really good question. Um, Can I address that in my chalk talk piece? I'll I'll put it that way. I uh, don't want to get too far into it or then I'm going to be given uh, given away the content here on this show. Um, but that's a good question because I am wondering the same thing. Um, pretty much uh, to take the lead away from what my chalk talk is, they had a recipe for how they got to the playoffs and they did not play with that same recipe. They, they just didn't. Um, they tried to run the ball. Absolutely. Uh, Bills didn't let them. And the Steelers did not, unlike the ways that they did uh, against the against the Seahawks, especially, they did not make the Bills pay for it. They didn't try to stretch out the defense. And um, oh, Swan brings up a really good question here because this was a big, big issue here for a lot of people. Uh, what's up with the not using timeouts properly at the end of the half? Um. I'm going to be I'm going to be in the minority here. I have no problem with Mike Tomlin not calling timeouts there. No problem at all. A lot of people are thinking you call timeouts, you get the ball back. Um, you know, they don't have a punter. Um with the way the defense have played to that point, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to put my defense against Josh Allen in 2 minute again, you have to remember context here. 2 minute defense is the softest defense that you can put out there because you're trying to keep everything in front of you. Um, You're asking your defense that has been very, very bad thus far to go out there, play its softest defense in a, in a two minute, in a two minute offense uh, and try to keep them off the scoreboard. Mm -mm. It's a two touchdown game at that point. Mm Mm-mm. No, nope. I'm not flirting with that. I'm not. I I know that at worst I can go in with a two touchdown uh, deficit if I make it three scores because you were trying to get hasty. Nope. I, yeah, I have no issue with that one. Um, <laughs> so one goes, I know, but wasn't it second and seventeen? Yep, it was. But I, who who says that Josh Allen doesn't do something? I mean, again. You're t- you're asking your defense to do something to to stop them. I mean, all it takes is one backer backbreaking play, or 
all it takes is one penalty. I mean, a, a, a five, you know, a, a five yard, you know, defensive holding is an automatic first down. Five yard illegal contact, automatic first down. I mean, yeah. Now, James B. Why called timeout with two seconds left? That had to be. That might have been some sort of personnel thing. I don't think that was just something to stop the clock real quick. Um, yeah, that that one was a little bit more, you know, confusing to me. Uh, but I think that one was probably more about personnel or something like that. I I, I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, and Swan said, but the punter was Gimp. Uh, take advantage of the uh, of the muffin holder. Um, yeah, but I think the punter showed that even with him being Gimp, he punted better than Presley Arvin after that. He came back in the second half and he think he booted like a forty something yard punt. I mean. I can shoot. I'll look that up now. What was the, what was the depth on that punt, man? Like that was, that was, I was like, man, like this dude's going to go out there and punt. Like, <clears throat> like how, how is that? Man, let me see. Hold on. Let me pull it up. Uh, let's see. That was their first possession of the second half. I think I'll pull that up just to make sure. Um, punt. It's a 45 yard punt. It was a 45 yard punt, man. With a with <laughs> with with, a, with one leg. <laughs> um yeah. I don't know, man. I, I don't think you're gonna not again. I don't want to take any with anything away from Miles Kilbrew or anything like that and his ability to block punts. Shoot, you know, maybe they maybe they try to force in the punt, they block a punt. I mean, you you never know. But when you do that, when you and, and shoot. Think about it this way too. Uh, this just came to me in in the moment. People are you know people are going to say I'm defending Tomlin or whatever. That's fine, whatever. Um, I, I'm not. I'm just saying I would have done the same thing. I'm just saying like, um, remember when Tomlin was calling timeouts late? I think it was in the Cardinals game, and then the defense just did not make stops. I mean, the defense was giving him no reason to trust them. None. They weren't stopping anybody. They weren't tackling anybody. Uh, they weren't covering anybody. Um, why? I mean, regardless of down and distance, why Why put your trust in a unit that has given you no reason to trust them? I would have done the same thing. I would I would have let that clock roll, gone into, into, the, into the half with a two-touchdown deficit, knowing it could be no worse than that, and make my adjustments. Uh, I would have made better adjustments because I did not like the adjustments that were made um, and go out and try to make it a game, you know, and, uh, and, you know, for the most part they did, they, you know, pulled within a touchdown, but still um, I had no issue with that. Um, Rick says the tackling and the confusion, in the secondary was disappointing. Yeah. Especially for, especially for it being the wild card playoff. I mean, you're in the playoffs now. There should be the the lack of communication should be gone by that point. Those guys have been there long enough to to know. Um. Uh. Yeah. Other people are answering the question, but I'll answer it. Yeah. Just for anybody who just came in here, Randy asked, "Is going to be a Ramon Foster show today?" Yes, five o'clock Eastern, five o'clock Eastern time for Ramon today. Uh. So definitely tune into that. Uh. Ramon's going to have better takes than I am. Uh, than, than I'm given right now. I, I'm, I'm really curious to see Ramon's, uh, I mean, Ramon, Ramon played for Tomlin, um, you know, for a long time. So I, I'm curious to see uh, Ramon's, 
Ramon's views on, on, on not only this game, but the Steelers moving forward. Um, uh, let's see. Um, here, I'll take take some uh, take some stuff from you guys. Since Corey isn't here, my two cents, uh, the turning point in this game was in the first quarter when Pickens fumbled and Buffalo scored 14-0 game over. I wouldn't say game over, but that was that was a it just kind of it, it kind of gave me that 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 deja vu feeling of okay, here we go again. You know, this is another playoff game in which they're gonna have there's that one play that just kind of lets you know how this game might go or how this game's gonna go. Um yeah, it's uh, it, it reminds me of like the high snap against the Browns. You know, Marquise Pouncey's high snap against the Browns, or you know, just play plays like that where you're just like, oh, okay, that, that this is how this game's gonna go. And that 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 fumble again, it's a self inflicted wound. I mean, you, you don't, you know, if you make the right play there, you bounce back. You're only down seven nothing. Um, it was a, it was just. Again, not game over, but it's like okay, you got to do something to turn the tide here. I mean, fourteen nothing teams have been able to come back from that in the past. Um, but when you're asking your um, when you're asking your defense, who's already not playing well, to to keep that team out of the end zone at at that spot, not good. Uh, Rico coming in with a ten dollar contribution. Appreciate it, Rico. Um, says KP uh, hasn't gotten a chance to learn and grow being under Mike Tomlin or I'm sorry, being under Matt Canada with an O-line that's been mostly bad. Um, Mason Rudolph played better, but the decision on quarterback is going to be the offseason, not worth talking about now. Um, yeah, and I haven't really gotten much into the quarterback conversation. I Just what I've said uh, about the quarterback situation is you need to, if the Steelers are going to be serious contenders, they have to have a quarterback. I mean, a, a, a true quarterback that can be a difference maker. You know, and the one, the one, the one real trait that Kenny has that we've seen um, that can make him a difference maker is his ability to raise his level of play in the fourth quarter, you know, when it matters. That's a great tra- trait to have. And he's, ha- he's had that since he came in as a rookie um, and he, and he carried over into his second season. The problem with that, the problem with Kenny is that the rest of his game for the other three quarters is it leaves a lot to be desired, a lot to be desired. Um, and, and that that's that's just me being completely honest about what I see on tape from him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it, it's not a shot at Kenny. You know, we talk about, yes, it's a bad system. It's a bad uh, offense. Um, it's a bad playbook. I don't like a lot of the way the concepts are, or are either called or structured or coached. Um, but there are a lot of times where, you know, again, we've seen Kenny with, with, with certain things, very, very inconsistent accuracy on in breaking routes. That's been consistent ever since he came for, for two seasons, his, um, lack of pocket presence and trying to escape the pocket way too early, even whenever it's clean. Um, it's, it's, those are those are serious serious issues that have to that have to have some level of concern. They they just have to. You have to be concerned about those things because if he can't clean those things up, he can't be a good quarterback in this league. Period. There's no there's no two ways around that. He has to clean those things up in order to be a true not just competent quarterback, but just be able to play in this league. Um, 
uh, Slanax says Ken, uh, Kenny at best is going to be like Tua. I, I think I, I well, I think you know when Tua is playing at his best, you would hope that Kenny could be Tua. I think if you have that and you have a good roster the rest of the way, you can at least get away with that because Tua at times again can make those certain plays where you're like, well, okay, whoa, all right. You know, I think he's kind of in that in that in that second tier when we're talking about okay, here here's tier one. Here are the best quarterbacks in the league, and then you have that second tier of guys who are probably good enough to be on a Super Bowl winning team, but not good enough to be able to carry the team and put the team on his back at any at a moment's notice. Not quite that good. But if Kenny ever turned into it like a tier two quarterback, I think you can get away with that, especially if you have things cleaned up on the defensive side of the ball. If the rest of the offense is good, but the Steelers aren't there, as we can see. They have some issues on defense. I, I, I think they, they. I don't think offense is the only place where they need some, some new and fresh ideas. I think they need, need new, fresh ideas on defense too. And I, I, I would think that that Terrell Austin is not the guy. I, I'm so tired of seeing Tampa too. It's just, it's, it's got to stop being, being the base of the defense. It's, it's, it's outdated. It's old. People know how to, how to, how to exploit it. They know how to move the ball against it. Um. It's it's just uh, I'm I'm tired of it. <laughs> I'm just tired of it. Um, a few more. Uh, we're we're kind of we're kind of running out. We're kinda already over time for for normal. Uh, thankfully, my kids are home from school today. Um, we had some winter weather here in Texas too, uh, and they closed schools today. I um, honestly don't know why. Um, yes, the temperature is not going to be freezing, but we haven't had precipitation since noon yesterday. Um, Roads are completely dry and clear. I, I have no idea, but you know, I, I come to expect expect nothing less from the school districts in the area. So uh, kids are home from school today, so I, I have nowhere to go. But at the same time, I've got work to do. I've got stuff to do, um, and I have two kids to take care of. So I'm gonna um, wrap this up here in just a, just a few minutes. Um, uh, Sebastian Sanchez asked when Chris, when do you think the OC candidacy is going to be assessed interviews and stuff like that? Well, the first thing that they're going to do is they're going to, um, do all of their exit interviews. Um, so before they even begin to look, um, at, uh, um, before they, uh, hold on a second. I gotta, I gotta mute your mute real quick. Uh, I got, I got a situation brewing. Hold on a second. Get that father voice, you know, you get that father voice working. <laughs> um, so, uh, let's see. <laughs> Darren says teachers don't like teaching. Um, I also don't even remember what I was talking about now. Oh yeah. Oh, offensive coordinator. Um, they'll do all the, all of their exit interviews. Um, They'll they'll go through their entire process in house process first. I don't think you'll start looking at offensive coordinator uh, at least until next week, um, at the at the earliest. Uh, Darren says, "And I'm a teacher." There's that reminds me of um, that reminds me of uh, a John Mulaney joke. Uh, anybody seen John Mulaney? Um, it, uh, really funny stand up comedian uh, talks about how like how teacher why teachers want to show movies in class sometimes because they're hung over from the from the day before or the night before and it's like that's why teachers show show videos it goes you know it's just it's just funny um let's see here um 
uh, Rico coming up with another contribution. Five dollars here. Appreciate it, Rico. Um, the interception, whoever's fault was more of a killer than uh, Pickens' fumble. That was a fourteen-point swing. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, they're both they're both turnovers. I mean, you you can't you can't turn the ball over. Uh, both of them have have impacts. I mean, you talk about. I mean, shoot. You, I mean, the interception was also a fourteen-point swing because the Bills went down and scored a touchdown off of that. I mean, the Bills scored 14 points off of off of off of turnovers. Bills didn't turn the ball over, so the Steelers couldn't score any points off of turnovers, and the Steelers turned the ball over twice and allowed 14 points. That's as bad as it gets when it comes to <laughs> Darren's. Darren confirms 100. percent That's why teachers show show films in class. They're hungover from the night before. <laughs> but yeah, you can't you can't turn the ball over twice, and. Um, can't turn the ball over twice and allow 14 points. You will lose a lot of football games doing that, period. Um, and Lori says they lost by 14, so there you go. I mean, it it, it, it always shows up, man. It's just, you know, you, you look at, you look, turnovers are usually a really, really big reason why why the team lost. And it was brought up earlier that turnovers were, a bit, and, and they probably were the most impactful reason why this team lost. Um, there are other reasons why they, they got away from what, what got them there. Uh, they didn't try to stretch out the Buffalo defense. They didn't take any deep shots in that game. None, none. I mean, I mean, I have to go look at the chart, uh, which is what I'm going to be doing for chalk talk anyway. But I, I, I would be shocked if the, if Mason Rudolph had a throw of more than 20 air yards in that game. Like I'm being completely honest. Like I'd be shocked if he did. Um, it's just, it's just, you, they, they made no effort to try to uh, stretch out that defense, that defense. And that was with the, with the, with the bills loading the box with eight, nine guys at times. Um, Darren says, we don't live in our fears. And there was another uh, phrase that came up and I, I said it last night in the live, in the live file, you know, Mike Tomlin said, scared money, don't make money. I saw a lot of scared money last night. Just. Over overly conservative, not trying to do too much to to confuse the defense. I was I was. P. Phil says it. It was a bad game plan. I did not like. The, I did not like the the game plan either. I liked. I liked the Steelers trying to uh, trying to assert um, their will and and really try to to win the line of scrimmage with the running game. I I I one hundred percent am am for that. There are different ways to do it. You can establish a physicality without lining up in 13 personnel under center and saying, hey, we're going to run the football when the defense already has nine guys in the box, try to run the ball, get stuffed for one yard and continuously do that for an entire half of play. You can't do that. You will you will lose a lot of games, especially if your defense isn't doing its job on the other side of the ball, which they weren't. It was it was not a it was, not, you know, Mark says, I was so I was so surprised we came out conservative. I agree. I, I, I wanted, uh, I, I, yeah, Teresa says, but not in every first down off the middle. I, no, I, I completely agree with that. They, they needed to, they needed to be a lot more aggressive. They needed to, they didn't do what they did against the Seahawks. They needed to do against the bills and they didn't do it when the Seahawks were too high. And when they had guys out of the box, they, they made them pay for it w- with, with runs and Najee and Jalen both ran the ball really well in that game. In this, and then whenever the Seahawks started to bring guys back down into the box because they have to start defending the run, they made the Seahawks pay for it by 
testing them over the top by testing them deep. Not even with just, hey, let's go run a throw, you know, throw a go route. Let's try to throw some corner routes. Let's hit the intermediate passes too. Um, they didn't do that last night. They didn't do that against the Bills. Um, let's see. Uh, CT Pittman asks, we play the Cowboys in Pittsburgh next season. Yes, they do. It is another, uh, I, I, I always know when the Steelers and Cowboys are playing because obviously I live in the DFW area. And so I have a lot of friends and family who are Cowboys fans. Um, and so because of that, I always know um, what year it's every four years, obviously. Um, and so like, Oh, eight, 12, 16, 20, 24. The next time they play here in the Dallas area, in the DFW area in Arlington, it'll be in 2028. Um, but yeah, 2024, it'll be Steelers Cowboys in Pittsburgh. Uh, last time they played in Pittsburgh, um, was that the last time they played in Pittsburgh? That was the, that was 16. Oh, that was the fake spike game. That was the, or should I say that was the Ezekiel Elliott game? <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a, a rough game, a game they probably should have won. And they didn't win. Um, yeah, let's see. <laughs> uh, Swan says, thank Chris, uh, giving us so much injury time. Uh, yeah, no problem. L I like the reference to, uh, to, to soccer there or to football. Um, yeah, uh, we probably should go and start wrapping it up though. We are coming up on about 45 minutes. Uh, so, um, guys, you know, obviously, uh, you know, it, it was not the end or the, the game that you wanted the Steelers to play. I don't think anybody wanted the Steelers to play. Um, I wish they would have been a little bit more competitive, especially in the first half. Um, but I, I think no matter what, you know, even if they would have somehow won that, won that game, uh, you know, the road was going to end before they got to the Super Bowl. Um, this was a flawed team in a number of ways, not only in uh, some coaching shortcomings, uh, some system shortcomings, but also, you know, they weren't a completely healthy football team. Cam Hayward has been a, sh uh, you know, a shell of himself. He's not, he's not the same guy uh, with one, with one groin. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, you know, the, the inside linebacker room was completely decimated by injuries this season. Minka, uh, not the same guy. And I don't know if that's just because of the injuries, but was not the same guy. Um you know, had some some nice developments. Uh, the, uh, the the rookie class uh, looked really good. Broderick Jones turned you know turned into a into a legitimate starter at tackle. I think he should be left tackle next season. That's his natural position. Um, you know, we'll get into all that stuff as as the offseason goes. But Broderick Jones came in and became a player. Joey Porter Jr. came in, became a player. Keanu Benton came in, became a player. Obviously was tested a little bit more during the second half of the season, but showed a lot of promise, man, for, for Keanu Benton. Uh, was really, really uh, impressed by him, um, even though a lot of it didn't show up in the box score. Um, uh, Nick Herbig, man. Uh, you talk about a guy with a high motor, uh, a guy who could really turn into something. Uh, another really good player. Uh, Darnell Washington, uh, you know, still needs some work, especially in the passing game. Um it also needs work as a blocker too, but uh, um, yeah, I, I think uh, you know when you look at the rookie class overall, that was a, a and still need to see what Corey Trice Jr.'s got now that he now that he's uh, you know he'll be coming back uh, from the knee surgery. So 
Um, uh, definitely, definitely uh, excited to see what that rookie class does in its second season. Um, and then obviously we'll get into what Steelers could be doing in this year's draft. Um, but this was a flawed football team. It wasn't. Gonna, it wasn't going to win the Super Bowl. I don't think. I don't think anybody. I think you know when, when you look at the way the Steelers were playing, they they had it in them to possibly be a Cinderella team. Uh, and if they would have stuck with what they were doing well, you know, maybe they do beat the Bills. And then maybe, you know, all it takes is that momentum and they, keep, and they keep playing that way. And then who knows, maybe they do end up beating the Ravens. And, you know, maybe they do happen to catch Patrick Mahomes or whoever in the AFC Championship on a bad day. You know, you never know how the cards are going to fall. Um, but overall, the Steelers didn't weren't a team that deserved to win the Super Bowl. Um, and I think that's... Uh, I think what they got was what, you know, what they deserved, you know, they've, they've got some, um, they've got some, they've got some holes to fix, you know, for, for as much work as, uh, as, as what, you know, Omar Khan and, and Andy Weidel and the, and the front office and the scouting uh, staff did last year to make this team better. They've got, they've got more work to do this offseason. This is still a team that's considerably short of, of being a legitimate Super Bowl contender, especially in, in a very loaded conference. Um, so very, very uh, um, encouraged by some things, but obviously still a lot to get done. But also from our perspective here outside of the Steelers, thank you guys so much for all of your support um, for this show. The show started right when the season started. Um, really, really appreciate every single like, every single subscribe, every single contribution, uh, even for the comments that we don't agree with. We appreciate your engagement here. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, seriously, we thank you so, so much. Uh, I, I I can't completely speak for Corey, but I know I can speak for Corey whenever uh, I, I'm telling you how how grateful we are for your support. Um, you know, we hope that this show is just getting started, man. Um, we, we've got, you know, just football games are, are over for Pittsburgh, uh, but we've got a lot of stuff to talk about in the offseason. Obviously, the future with Mike Tomlin, um, future of the offensive coordinator, the coaching staff. Uh, what they're going to do in free agency, what they're going to do in the draft. We got senior bowl talk coming up here in a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, combine will be coming up, you know, just in just a couple of months before you know it, the draft's going to be here before you know it, it's going to be OTAs and mini camp. And then before you know it, they're going to be right back in Latrobe with training camp starting and we're going to be getting ready for another football season. So thank you guys. Seriously. I cannot thank you guys so much uh, for all of your support. Um, for all of you guys tuning in, you guys are amazing. Like for real, continue to continue to watch, continue to subscribe, continue to like, uh, everything. We really appreciate you guys. Um, cannot say it enough. I probably said it like 18,000 times already, but I'm going to continue to say it because that's how thankful we are. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, <laughs> Darren says, thanks, Milk Carton, Corey. It was not Corey's fault that he's not here. Let's not, let's, let's not, let, let's, let's take it easy on Corey. You guys can, uh, can go at him tomorrow. Um, but thank you guys so much. Uh, Steelers talk is not going away just because the season's over does not mean we're done talking about it. Uh, you can see my dog, uh, laying, the, the, you know, taking a, taking a lay down on the corner right there. Oh, you good boy. Yes, you are. He looks sad. He wanted the Steelers to win too. Um, <laughs> all right thank you guys so much to quote the great michael scott catch you guys on the flippity flip see you guys tomorrow